the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the Thursday, the date day edition program. I'm laughing at myself because I was just about to sneeze and I couldn't sneeze right before we you know, went on the air. And so I think I've successfully overcome the sneeze for the moment. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And this is the Word to Stand On for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your Bible questions or life questions, relationship questions, anything and everything that's on your heart. Uh, we will do the best that we can. And today I have like a superpower of knowledge to help me out here. Paul is live in studio. So ladies, this is a day for you. If you have any questions or need any encouragement, Paula is here and is ready and able. All you have to do is call us 210-340-9585. That's 340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area. You can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can send your questions in via email uh, by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. You can also use the free KSLR mobile app if you're driving in your car. It is the safest way. Just push the call now banner and you'll be connected directly to our studio producer. One more time, 340-9585. Paula, before I just let you have your show. Okay. I have to make a confession to you and to everybody else. On my screen is the weather report for Oceanside, California. <laughs> that goes through, it goes through next Thursday. Okay. And it looks like it's going to be 71 when we get there. And it's going to be 73 the next day, 74 the next day, and 73 the next day at the beach. I'm ready for vacation. Can you tell? <laughs> <laughs> you know, between uh, breakfast and then we had another appointment, and then I drop you off here trying to get home before the, the sparklets man gets there, you know. So when we would have bottles delivered, I want to be able to open the door to let him in, you know. So I go home, and of course I thought, oh, yeah, we're not going to get any bottles because we're going to go on vacation. And so um, I went in the guest bedroom because... I've been packing. I've been packing since Monday. Not that we're trying to get away from, you know, the people we love so much. Kinda. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I have so much stuff on the bed, babe, that I went through some stuff and I was like, oh, you don't need to take that. And you don't need to take that. We're going to the beach. You don't wear that many. You don't need two, three, four, five sweatshirts. So I've, I've already put some stuff back. You'd be so proud of me. But <laughs> I have stuff ready for. Uh, to go since seriously Monday, and what's today Thursday? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm ready. All I have to do is put it in a suitcase. And you still got Friday and Saturday to go. <laughs> Sunday too. So you can kind of make it even leaner between maybe Friday so. and Saturday. Maybe so, baby. I, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do good. Well, for programming note for you in the audience, uh, Pastor Ken uh, will be doing the program next week live. We'd love to have you call and and uh, ask him some questions. You'll be blessed and. 
Of course, next Thursday, Paula, he and May will be here live to do the date day edition of the program for us. And it doesn't matter what Ken says because May's great. Yeah, it's always fun because when we're in California, we wherever we are, we stop and we listen to their show. So they do get it's going to be. Fun. It's hard for us to remember though because they're two hours earlier, mm-hmm. and so I'm waiting at four o'clock, and it's not four o'clock. Oh wait, it's yeah, two no. o'clock. It's four o'clock. Yeah, yeah. So, but we, but we listen, listen, especially date day show. We mm-hmm. like to listen to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, are you finished with your confession? I forgive you if that's what you're looking for. Your absol- absolution or whatever? Yeah, no, you're good. You know, it's it's, it's hard to explain. You, you can love what you do, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you get to a point where your mind doesn't function any longer. No, mine is functioning, but it's not functioning well, you know? I mean, I'm all over the place. For instance, I was telling you yesterday, I had a cleaner's tag in the car to go pick up, you know, some clothes from the cleaners. Well... It disappeared. <laughs> and so <laughs> that's how bad I am. I thought, did I go to the cleaners and pick it up, pick them up already? And I thought, so I went in the, at home to, to the house and I looked in the closet and it wasn't there. So I thought, I didn't go, but where's that tag? <laughs> and so when I went to the cleaners, he was so sweet because I've never lost a cleaner's tag before. But yeah, that's how it is. And then, you know, I'll start talking and then squirrel. I'm off to something else because of my mind is, it's, it's, it's just on overload. Yeah, you know, May May is uh, the end of May, the last two weeks especially, but May is the busiest month of the year for us mm-hmm. with all the school banquets and award shows and graduations and parties and all those things. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're, we're just constantly going, and I'm not a person that constantly goes well. Mm-hmm. I need some, some I, I, when I'm working, I can work. Oh, yeah. But but when I am done working, mm-hmm. I am done. Yeah. And um, you, you don't get that time in May. And then uh, June started, and you, normally it's not too busy, and there's not a whole lot going on. And then you know, we had a, a, a funeral and a, and a burial and uh, other things that keep coming up and all the invitations for other parties and things. So yeah. uh, it's just one of those things we haven't had a chance to breathe yet. So um, um, when we get on the plane Monday, I'm going to breathe, oh, yeah. take it easy. Oh. Uh, we land, we're going to eat, and then we're going to go to the beach. <laughs> uh, please, Lord, don't have anybody sitting on our bench. Because yeah. <laughs> I want to stand in spirit and, and just say, you need to move. <laughs> we came all the way from Texas to sit on this bench. How dare you be on it right now? Can you just please get up? But anyway. You know, I, I used to feel guilty about vacations because um, in, in my business, this is before I got saved, in my business, I just felt like I needed to be there. And I tried to make everybody else feel guilty about vacations because I wanted them to be all about my business as well. Uh, and, and you find out what a good thing they really are. And if you go um, like the first few days and, and just start getting into activities and stuff, it's like your brain doesn't ever get a chance to rest. You even tell our kids that we're going to be there Monday, but don't even think about calling us until Wednesday yeah. or Thursday. Yeah, they had the nerve to say, oh, Mom, uh, when will you be, you know, in, in uh, California? And, you know, I'm a Christian. <laughs> Can't lie. I wanted to really bad. I really wanted to lie. But I said, we're there the 17th to the 29th. But as far as you and everybody else is concerned, we start on the 19th, but we will be there on the 17th. I don't want to lie to y'all, but uh, no, it's just going to be your dad and me for those first two days. Don't have your feelings hurt. We need to. It's going to be good for you if, <laughs> if we're alone for those first two days. So, yeah. I'm ready. What? You want to do this show or what are we going to do? It's your show. What's up? Okay. Um, speaking of our kids, was a sweet little surprise we got yesterday. Our younger son the one you guys are praying for who know he's not saved yet. He just showed up yesterday here in his dad's office with Derek, who is one of the guys who works for him, who's an on-fire Christian and travels with Terry quite often. And uh, a few months ago, maybe, I don't know how many months ago that was, uh, they were going to be here for a Wednesday or a Friday night. Wednesday night. Wednesday night. And and, uh, Terry was... Very happy to announce that his his Christian friend plays violin. Well, he hadn't brought his violin, but we we got a violin. 
um, and he played with uh, the, the Max that night. And uh, so the two of them showed up just as a surprise uh, yesterday. And what a sweet surprise it was. So, yeah, but that was my reconfirming that, you know, we'll be there Monday, but you don't know us till Wednesday. Yeah, and, and, and this guy, Derek, he's such a good violin player. I mean, he's like a, a super professional mm-hmm. a symphony orchestra caliber violin player. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you caught this yesterday, but he's going to come to church on the beach and bring his violin and play uh, with the Max uh, when we have church on the beach there the first Sunday that we're there. It's, it's, the Lord is working. And so, yeah. you know, we always have hope. So yesterday I was listening to the show like I normally do. And so you had a question that says, how do you know if you're filled with the Holy Spirit? And so, of course, you did a, a magnificent job, but because today is my show, I'm going to add to it. So I was thinking right away um, that Acts 5.32, in how you know that you're in the Spirit, well, it says that the Holy Spirit is given to those who obey Him. And uh, you know, my question was would be, well, are you obeying Him? Because sometimes we want the Lord to do step two. You know, what's the next thing, Lord, when... We're not doing the first thing that he has said to us, and so um, if you're sometimes if you're you're not walking in obedience to what he's asked of you, um, you you don't get to hear what he wants you to do because you haven't, like I keep saying, you haven't done step one first. And for me, the one string guitar, and, and I haven't mastered this at all, but. Um, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. That just seems to be the thing that I, I say all the time. Um, and so, and it's not, and it's sometimes it's one of those things like, yeah, uh, do what you say. And so, um, but, but how do you know if you're filled with the Spirit? Well, um, the fruit of the Spirit also is Galatians. Um, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness. And, and so on and so forth. Um, so are those fruits obvious in your life? How do you know? Um, and I love when you, when people ask about, um, when, you, when they have a bad thought or something, those bad thoughts come in. We have flesh as well. And I'll refer back to um, wives submitting to your husband. Who really wants to do that? Um, I, don't, I don't know too many wives who really want to do that but because they love Jesus, and he's asked them to do that. You get to that place of, okay, I really don't want to do this, but because I love Jesus, I'll choose to do that and and bring glory and honor to him. Um, there's another scripture that I, I looked up, and um, I, I'm sure it was the Holy Spirit tapping me on the shoulder, saying, you know that one that says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. That's James one nineteen through something. Um, and so, how do you know if you're filled with the Holy Spirit? And your your answer, brilliant as it was, um, was to know your word. Because I'm just giving you a few, scriptures. Um, but to know your Bible, know God's word, and then if you're doing that, not just knowing what it says, but actually doing it, and I'm naming these just a few of these things, then you know you're... Yeah, you know, Paula, one of the things that... Um, we all know the promises that are contained in our Bible. But we only really know something if we're doing it, if we're taking advantage of it. And so to have faith requires being filled with the Spirit. To, to be obedient requires being filled with the Spirit. I think a lot of the times, some of the times when we get um, um, a little resentful of circumstances in our life, it's because we're not doing what we know. Um, we're expecting God to produce the results we want. And yet, remember, He's always working not on other people in our lives. He's always just working on us. Mm-hmm. And that's the one place our relationship with God is the most vertical. Um, when when we're looking out at other people and the and the problems that they're creating for us or the faults that they have or, or the impact negatively uh, in, in our lives, our tendency, instead of saying, um, Lord, what about me? What about today? 
we're, we're looking at him or we're looking at her and we're saying, uh, will, will Lord fix them or do that? Um, and see, one, one of the ways that we know that we're filled with the Holy Spirit is that we're quick to repent of that kind of an attitude. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, you know, this, this whole idea, and there's so much confusion and mysticism surrounding it in the uh, often horrible ways that, that our relationship with the Holy Spirit is taught. Um, there is simply nothing more important every day in our Christian walk than to be filled with the Spirit. Now, I call it just be with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Jesus said he's going to send another him, mm-hmm. and he'll be in you. Uh, he'll reveal the truth to you. He'll lead you into all truth. Um, but, but we can't do any of those things on our own. And most of the time, Christians just don't believe that. So we find ourselves striving to do things and then wonder why there's no power. We find ourselves uh, working really hard to please God uh, instead of understanding that he's already terribly pleased with us. And um, that's when the Christian walk becomes a grind. And that's when we know we're not filled with the power of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. We're trying to do things in our own strength instead of... the Spirit of God. And uh, I think the one place that we need to get to, a place of surrender every single day, is the recognition that, Lord, apart from you, I can do nothing. And apart from you, I'm going to do bad things. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to cause pain to other people. And I'm going to make me more miserable. Mm -hmm. So, Lord, you live in me. I don't want to live. I want to say no to me. That's what Jesus said to be my disciple. You must deny yourself. Mm -hmm. Pick up your cross daily, Luke adds, and follow him. And anything short of that is going to be uh, an exercise in futility. And I think that's one place, Paula, that we just, you know, we, we, we go to church, we give a little bit of money, we serve in some ministry, and we're expecting the heavens to open and pour out a blessing on us. But there are deeper things, especially as you get a little more mature in the Lord. There are deeper things in your heart that God wants to accomplish. And, and this issue of wives submitting to husbands is one of them. Well, my husband isn't worth submitting to. Well, that verse doesn't say that he has to be. You're not doing it for your husband. You're doing it for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I realize how hard it is. Um, at the same time, we're not given an option. Um, the, the fruit of the Spirit, uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, kindness, I talk about a lot. Because um, if you're not a kind person, by disposition, well, then you need to kill that unkind person mm-hmm. and then let the kindness of Jesus flow in you and through you to others. And if you're not doing that, uh, honestly, there's there's just not going to be any power in your life. And that leads to so much frustration. It leads to even more striving. Um, and, and instead of experiencing day-to-day victory in your life, we're just experiencing defeat and we get tired and we get burned out and um, it's just not possible to be burned out if we're walking in the inexhaustible power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. 340-9585 if you have any questions for Paula or for me today, we'll take questions on any subject. That's 340-9585. Go ahead, Paul. You know, um, my my prayer I've been sharing with you in the radio audience too. Um, is that cleanse me from the inside out. And so as I was looking at James one nineteen again, I'll go back there. Uh, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak. That means let the other person finish saying what they're saying instead of interrupting them. Like you, you know, what you have to say is so much more important. Um, and I am so guilty of that. And then get, be slow to get angry. goes on to say, because human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So, this is what you just finished saying. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your heart, for it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourself. And so um, this cleanses me from the inside out. Uh, You're reading from the NLT? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on to say, and I'll, I'll just maybe do uh, one more one more line. For if you listen to the word and don't 
obey. It is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. And so that's a mandate for Christians. We can't just stay the same. And, and you've been saying, oh, you said last night or one of these nights. Stop stay, staying the same. Stop staying a victim. And too many, just like the other question of, you know, the loveless marriage question, stop staying a victim. Um, but cleanse me from the inside out. And then what you ended up, and I don't know if it was last night or everything kind of runs together, Pastor Ron, especially now because my brain is on overload, that joy and gladness will will take over. Yeah, that was last night. Was that just last night? Joy and gladness will over not take over, will overtake, overtake. us. Okay. And what a great picture that is from Isaiah 35. And joy and gladness, the, the idea there in the picture in Hebrew is that joy and gladness is running as fast as they can, and we're trying to outrun joy and gladness. Mm-hmm. You know, God wants us to have peace. He wants us to have joy. But we're so convinced that, that what we're going through, what we're dealing with is so hard, and nobody knows the, the struggles that I have. Uh, it, it's like we're stepping on the accelerator, to, accelerator to, to run away from joy and gladness. And, and, and that's a picture of the millennium in, in chapter 35. And what he's saying there is, is when, when I'm in control, Jesus says, then joy and gladness is, will overtake you. And, oh, what a great... They say, it says also that, that uh, sadness and sighing will flee oh, yeah. away. You, you, you asked this question. What does sorrow and mourning disappearing look like? You know? And you just think of that. What does that look like? That means no more pity parties, you know, no more like you were saying, poor me. I I was born in the wrong home. You know, my parents didn't do this for me or that for me. Married a jerk. Yeah, I married a jerk or a jerkette in some cases. Um, But you know, woe is me. My life has been so hard for the whole time. What does sorrow and mourning disappearing look like? Yeah. I was really sad last night after the study because I think it's one of the worst Bible studies that I've ever given. Oh, my goodness. And it, it just, I couldn't see, uh, and my, my mind wasn't working as well as it normally does. Um, so I couldn't I see my notes. And I, I wanted three things to stick out last night more than anything else. The first is that there's going to be a road called the, the highway to holiness. Mm-hmm. Um, imagine what that's going to be like. The other thing was, was sadness and sighing. Fleeing away. Fleeing, fleeing away. Yeah. Just, just running away mm-hmm. at, the, at the mention of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then the other is, is joy and gladness mm-hmm. overtaking us. Mm-hmm. Like we're in this race and you know, we're, we're the silly thing is that we're trying to, outrun joy and gladness, Jesus thinks, slow down, let me catch you. Yeah. And um, uh, frankly, I just didn't do a very good job. Oh, I thought you night. did an excellent job, but it wasn't my job to try to convince <clears> you of that last night. I said, Lord, I could try to give you my gift of encouragement and stuff, but he would just probably say, not now, you know. <laughs> so I just left you alone. But in the verses 3 and 4 of 35, Yes, I was so proud of you, Pastor Ron, because when you started <laughs> in chapter 34, I was like, oh, my goodness, he's not going to get to finish chapter 34, <laughs> let alone get to 35. But anyway, you got there, and, and you did great. But um, I had to write myself a, a little prayer note where you said, trust God. And then I said, Paula, you know God will rescue you through trouble. You will be afraid, but... Look up at me. I'll be there for you. So, you know, that's kind of one of my, like when I go on vacation, I'm always asking the Lord, okay, how am I doing? Um, Is there anything between you and me that's hindering me from hearing you fully? Um, So when you said that, that was one of those, put a star and underline that, um, just 
you know, Lord, am I trusting you? Because uh, I'm a fearful person, and I don't know what's coming. Why are you laughing? <laughs> Come on. I'm what? laughing. He what? said, I'm a fearful person. I could just imagine Jesus and him saying, I'm going to play a joke on her. If she's a fearful person, I'm going to give her pastor on. Because <laughs> <laughs> we do these crazy things. And see, I don't, I don't see you as a fearful person at all. I see you as an overcomer of your fear. Uh, and that's the place we all need to be. Okay. So, yeah, that's just... Yeah. Really? Praise the Lord. So that's I, not one of those things you have to search your heart for on vacation. <laughs> well, <laughs> he don't let you see everything, praise God. <laughs> yeah, so I will be asking him, how am I doing? Um, and then you went on in verse, verses 5 and 6, and this is for all of us. Uh, he will come to save... But we have to respond. Good thought. We'll come back to that on the other side of the break. You're listening to the date day edition of the Words to Stand On for Life. Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. What a privilege it is. God made me a pastor. And we're here to take your phone calls. 340-9585. 30 minutes left. This is our last date day edition for two weeks. Mm-hmm. We'll be back in two minutes. Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the program. We have 30 minutes left. 340-9585. Paula? Yes, sir. Pick up where you left off. Okay. Well, or go I'll... wherever you want to go because it's your show. Well, for sure. But anyway, I was saying... Um, in the chapter 35, verses 5 and 6. He will come to save us, but we have to respond. Uh, remembering that this earth is not our home. Heaven is, so we, were, we are to look for the comfort and peace from Jesus alone. Oh yeah, Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 35, um, verses 5 and 6. And so did you want to go ahead? Well, I just, you know... Um... I, I said last night to the to our our people here that we have to remember that what happens to Israel in the physical realm, and that's before and in the future, happens to us every day in the spiritual realm. And when you get to these promises, I want you to think about this for a moment, because when, when he says in Isaiah 35, speaking of the millennial kingdom, then the eyes of the blind will be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped, the lame will leap like a deer, the mute tongue shout for joy, Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. In other words, the, the wilderness, the barren place, will turn into a place of thriving thriving streams in life. Um, you, you know, the, the, the thing that really breaks my heart, and Paul, where I'm going here is, is the place where we're missing it as Christians, is when Jesus came to his own, and we know his own received him not, but when he came to his own, he did all of those things. He opened the eyes of the blind. He, he opened the ears of the deaf. Um, those who were lame were able to walk. Um, and, and the mute tongue was able to shout the praises of God. And miracle after miracle after miracle was done. The people didn't recognize it. They missed out on, on those, those wonderful promises that they were seeing with their own eyes. And the, the the promises they were hearing with their own ears. Um, now this is obviously in Isaiah 35 um, goes forward to the millennial kingdom. But the millennial kingdom, the kingdom of God was sitting before them and they missed. And in the same way, I think we who are believers, we simply refuse to believe that the promises of God are for us. Now, God doesn't promise us that he's going to open the eyes of the blind. Um, I, I need to see. I can't see well when I need to see. God's never made me a promise. What he's promised me is that his grace is sufficient and that I can walk in that sufficient grace and fulfill um, my calling and I can I can have a life that's filled with joy. Um, I, I said to the church last night that Romans 8, just Romans 8 is filled with so many promises 
that we know and we memorize, and some of us have little plaques on our refrigerators that, that, that have them listed, but we don't really believe them, and we're missing out on the things that Jesus wants to do today. Now, in the future, in heaven, all these things are going to be done. In the millennial reign, all those things are going to be done. But what about the things God wants to do now, today? And the only way we can do that is to really believe these promises. And if we're going to believe the promises, we've got to be filled with the Spirit. If we're filled with the Spirit, we're going to be in the Word. If we're in the Word, then we're going to appropriate those promises for ourselves. And we're not going to stop short. I, I'm, I'm grateful that you said before the break that um, when you go on vacation, you start your first walk alone. You go alone and I go alone. Mm-hmm. And then we come together and go sit on our bench and seek the Lord. But the first thing you can do is, is there anything that stands between us? And the body of Christ at large just doesn't do that typically. You know, we have this cursory examine our heart thing, but but if we don't like what we're hearing, we change the subject. Or we we rationalize that, well, I can't do that. I can't forgive somebody because they hurt me so bad. Or um, my marriage is a loveless marriage, so uh, I can't be a loving wife or a loving husband. And um, God, I, I, I just think in, in the nicest way possible, I think he's up there screaming, say, just believe what I've told you. Mm-hmm. And all things are possible to him or to her who believes. And um, Israel didn't believe it when Isaiah prophesied it. Um, Israel didn't believe it when they were watching Jesus do those very things because their idea of what God was coming to do didn't match what Jesus really came to do. He didn't come to deliver them from sickness or from Rome. He came to deliver them from themselves, from sin. And uh, some 2,000 years after Jesus, um, we come to church every week, we go through the Christian motions, but sadly what we don't do is just believe the promises of God. And here's what I know. I know that if I'm not joyful, if I'm not a kind man, if I'm not um, somebody filled with the peace of God, even through difficult times. I'm not, I'm not talking about a fairy tale existence mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Um, if those fruits of the Spirit aren't being exhibited in my life, then I'm the problem. And, and I'm walking according to the power of Ron instead of according to the power that Jesus has given me. And... You know, I just want people to believe that the, the, the payoff here is gladness and joy overtaking us and sorrow and sighing fleeing away from us. Mm-hmm. Uh, James says, resist the devil and he will flee. And well, we like to shout at the devil, but that doesn't do anything. Uh, resist the devil is mean run to Jesus. Be filled with the spirit. He's no match for you when you're walking in the spirit of God. And so, you know, those are the, the, the lessons from Isaiah 35 last night. Um, and we're just slow to learn. You are saying to apprehend the promises, stop living in fear, strengthen your faith. You know, how do you strengthen your faith? You know, when you hear what he says, I'm, I'm asking the question, I'm answering it. So when you hear what he says and you just, like me with the boogeyman on each side or the alligators as I'm walking straight ahead or the snakes and the scorpions that I think, you know, because you're walking hot, dry desert places, spooky, the boogeyman's going to get me. Um, and I still keep going, and I get to the end. My faith has been strengthened because, you know, Jesus asked me one time, did you get bit? No, you didn't. You made it through. He's so let Jesus do his work in your heart. And then no matter what's going on in your life, take every opportunity to share God's goodness. And I think that is the Philemon verse 6. Be active in sharing your faith. Because when you do, then you know all the good that you have, all the good that you, he's given you. But if we, we're, we drown in our own pity party, and you know, all we talk about is the bad breaks we have, um, then Jesus really isn't glorified at all. So the last thing you said, Annette, and I have it all in capital, is keep your head up. You always say this. Look up. Stop looking out. You know, if you're going to judge anything, look in. But look up. Keep your head up. And, and boy, that's, this study last night was really talking to me. So um, 
I think the enemy was just kind of beating, beating you up. And then last night, um, I had a dream, um, and it was kind of weird. I had a, had, a, had a dream last night, and I was sleeping, and I was laying on my, my left side, and this lady comes to the side of my bed and wakes me up, and I was like, huh, who are you? And she said her name was Sandy. I don't know a Sandy anymore. Um, but she says, don't forget 2 Corinthians 5.17. And, you know, that's my scripture, one of my scriptures for you and the enemy will come along and say, you're the same, you know. But 2 Corinthians 5.21 is, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And she was saying that to me for me. You know, um, so she just said, remember, like Corinthians 5.21. No, 5.17. 5.17, I'm sorry, I have 5.21 written down. Second Corinthians night. 5.21, yeah. Yeah, Second Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation, the old is gone, the new is gone. And so I'm going to take that on vacation as well to say, why did you send somebody named Sandy to tell me that? Well, if it was a dream from the Lord, he'll tell you. If he not, sure it's just you, but it's a good thing to remember anyway. Yeah. Well, let's take a break. We got a phone call from Jeff in San Antonio on line one. Jeff, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hey there, Pastor Ron, and to your better half, or your other half. Or, you know, <laughs> just the, the other half. No, I was going to say <laughs> for sure the better half. Oh, thank you. I'll take the beautiful, though. Um, that's wonderful. <laughs> Hi, Jeff. Well, thank, thank you, Paula, for, for, for loaning loaning Pastor Ron to us, you know, four days mm-hmm. a week anyway. Mm-hmm. He's like my radio <laughs> pastor for sure, and I just appreciate mm-hmm. so much being at work and tooling around in my vehicle and being able to hear him and Thanks, Jeff. call and talk to him. Uh, since you were talking about anger, um wondering now that Paul was in the room, if you guys could elaborate a little bit on how you diffuse it in your marriage when it comes out, and especially, you know, well, I'll say that my wife and I are, are very active in ministry, and so uh, aside from, you know, just being hit with with the, uh, the daggers of the devil, so to speak, on a regular basis, it seems like we get even more so because of so many people that are involved in our lives and people that we ministering to, and um, things like the disappointment um, when you sewed into people, you know, as a, as a couple, and when they let you down or leave for reasons that are beyond your control or sometimes uh, leave because they don't, I mean, they don't even, you, you never really know the reason why they left. You can never get to it, mm-hmm. and sometimes we can't even figure out how to how to improve on that situation. So it's just kind of a revolving door, but we we still sometimes struggle with uh, using disappointment, which sometimes turns into anger uh, in our household. And I know that anger itself is not a sin. Certainly it's just the way that we handle it. I wanted to hear more about you, know, you guys from a, a marital perspective perspective, but also from a married ministry couple, how do you handle those kind of, you know, deep disappointments or, or have you got, you know, because you've been doing it for so many decades now, maybe, maybe you're, you're, you're a little more calloused or you're prepared for it more uh, because that's the nature of, of people. Uh, and Thank I'll you, be Jeff. happy to take your Take that off uh, offline. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate the call very much. Great, great. Mm-hmm. We could we could make a whole show out of this. Mm-hmm. But, um, let, let me say two things, and then I'll let Paula start off with this. Um, Jeff, to, to be forewarned is to be forearmed. Um, and and any couple, marriage couple uh, who steps out to minister to God's people, uh, is going to face uh, the, the ferocious attack of the enemy. And so you need to know that. And, and just knowing it intellectually is never enough. You have to be prepared for it. Paul and I have coined a term in our marriage, uh, and this goes way back even before I was a pastor. Um, we want to be pre-prepared. 
for anything and everything that's going to come at us. And the only way we can do that is to just hang out with Jesus, let him sanctify us, let him um, lead us and guide us. And, and in that case, if I know I'm with Jesus, then no matter what hits me, I know it may have surprised me, but it didn't surprise him. And so that source of power is available to me, and that source of, of sort of reasoning. I've got a picture in my house that I pray for me and Paula uh, for every day um, as, as I'm praying for our marriage. And we're, we're sort of teetering on a rock uh, at the beach. And, and she's got, sitting kind of on my lap, across my lap, and I'm holding her up. It looks like she's holding on to me. Um, but but what, what I know is that Jesus is there holding us both up. And um, um, so, so we're prepared for those things. And we always want to be on guard for the enemy, um, um, aware of him. We don't want to talk to him. We don't want to think about him. But we know he's there. He's always prowling around like a roaring lion. Um, we we got to know he's there. So, so we have to be prepared. And uh, maybe we'll talk now a little bit about how to be prepared. Paul, why don't you go first? Because I don't want to step on anything that you have to say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That not so much that you get callous, but uh, I know Pastor Ron has been teaching here for a lot of years that we have to have uh, still soft hearts. We go through a lot of pain, but we have to have thick skin. Because if you, and I had to learn this uh, not recently, but this was many years ago, we had uh, people that we had poured into. I mean, they lived in our house with us. We didn't charge them any money. We wanted to help them out. They lived with us, and yet, at a point in the ministry, uh, this other couple came along and just kind of persuaded them to to go against us. And so um, they had taken out, I mean, they had people's phone numbers and stuff and were, were calling them and just bad-mouthing horribly. And so that hurt me so much, Jeff, that um, I was not prepared for it at that time. I'm better prepared now, but I was not really prepared at that time. And I remember, because there was a couple of people in, in leadership with us, you know, the wives would sit in my house when I would have the uh, leadership meetings. You know, I'm fixing them lunch and inviting them into my house, and then they're sitting there in front of me talking bad about my husband, and I had to stop the meeting and say, you know you're talking about my husband, right? And um, just had to stop them dead in their tracks. And then, for me, I'm not the... I wasn't a confrontational one, but I'm the pastor's wife, and so I got to say or do something. So I had to tell the lady who was the teacher of the women at the time, you will no longer be teaching here. That killed me, killed me. And I remember the next leadership meeting, uh, because we, you know she had to go, I, I was so heartbroken, Jeff, that I looked around in that room and I said to those ladies, and I feel so bad to this day about this, I said, which one of you is next? You talk about just the hurt and the anger, the bitterness that was there, and it still hurts me to this day, not so much for me, but now for them, uh, the ones who went away the way they did, that sadness, that brokenness for them instead of the anger for myself. So I've, I've kind of grown up and learned a little bit. Um, the other thing is Ron did not expose me to all the ugliness. We didn't sit around and him say, you know, this person did that and this person said this. He protected me from a lot of that. So we didn't have extra um, ugliness um, in in our home to deal with. Um, and then what has happened over the years is there's been like a discernment that I, I think I've grown up. Um, I used to think the ones um, who were, the exciting ones, you know, just, I love Jesus, and this, just do this, just do that. Um, the more outgoing ones were the ones who were the ones who were the most faithful and in love with Jesus. Well, um, I have learned that that's not always the case. So, um, in, in fact, it's rarely the case. It's rarely the case. And so um, how the anger, um, yeah, the disappointment, uh, but I don't... Uh, did we argue about no. any of those things? I don't remember. Now, let, let me. I, I want to say one thing that because you just brought this up when you said that you looked at your ladies who love you and who you love, and you said which one of you is going to be next? You're protecting yourself. Yeah. 
Um, when you told me that, we, we talked about it, and you went and immediately apologized. Yes, I did. To all those ladies. Now, see, that's Paula accepting responsibility. Now, I bring that up, Jeff, because when you're in ministry with your wife, um, one of the ways that you protect her is to keep short accounts with the Lord. And, and the only way you can do that is to accept personal responsibility. When you do something wrong, uh, you can't say, well, everybody hurt me, and I just, I just lashed out, and I didn't mean it, but you can't do that. You've got to say, Lord, that was a sin. I'm so sorry. I sinned against you, and I sinned against them. And then you've got to make it right. Yeah. And, and, and Paula, the ladies that were, were there, they, they grew even closer together as a result of that kind of honesty. When the pastor, or pastor's wife, or a ministry leader um, confesses his or her shortcomings and says, look, I'm sorry, there's no excuse for that. Not, not saying, I'm sorry, but just, look, I blew it, I'm sorry. I don't feel that way, and I'm really sorry. It's really important. And as a pastor, it was important for me to talk with Paul about that, because while I'm Paula's husband, and it's the greatest honor of my life, uh, I'm also Paula's pastor. And I'm always both things. And so I can't let her get away with things because her feelings are hurt. I can't let her flesh um, kind of go sideways uh, and just excuse it to keep peace in the home because that's not keeping peace in the home. That's um, um, opening the door for Satan to destroy not only the ministry, but in some cases destroy the marriage. Uh, I also want to talk about being disappointed in people, Jeff, and then I'm going to answer your question about uh, how we deal with anger, diffuse anger in our marriage. Um, You need to expect to be disappointed by people so that when you are, it's not something that throws you off. It's not an opening for the enemy. So when people disappoint you, um, think about how many times you've disappointed the Lord and then run and encourage them and strengthen them and be there for them and when people leave if they get angry I, you know Jesus said uh, using the, the, the case of uh, Samuel and King Saul um, get over it Samuel he's not rejecting you he's rejecting me in other words don't take it personally and we have to understand that and we have to be tough enough to deal with that Will it hurt? Of course it hurts your heart. Um, But it doesn't hurt your heart because, let me rephrase, you have to make sure that it doesn't hurt your heart because you feel bad. You have to make sure it hurts your heart because you know that they're walking away from Jesus and they're walking into trouble. So motive is everything. Uh, Regarding our marriage, Paul, and if I say anything that's untrue here, you can slap me. We've got four minutes left. (laughs) That's the way to deal with it. No, but I mean, you know what I mean, figuratively. Um, But, um, you know, uh, Paul and I don't argue. We do not argue. That doesn't mean we don't have differences of opinion. But we've already decided, Jeff, and this is the thing for you and your wife to do. Whatever the argument, whatever the difference of opinion, what you're going to do is decide together to do what Jesus tells you to do. And he, he lays it out for you in the Word. So we don't argue. I can't remember raising our voices at one another. Now, that doesn't mean we don't get frustrated. But what I do when I'm frustrated or when when something's going on from my perspective, Jeff, is uh, I go out and take a walk with the Lord. Uh, I don't want to misrepresent Jesus to Paula. So I'm not going to take that risk of getting in my flesh with Paul. I'm just not going to do that. So I'll go out and walk with the Lord and he'll straighten me out. And he always does. And then what we've got to do is is um, just remember that this is the, the girl who loves me. She's always loved me. She's always and only one of the best for me. And so when she's behaving in a way that, that maybe my flesh doesn't appreciate, uh, i got to remember whose side she's on. i got to remember who she is. So that's important. Uh, we got three minutes, Paul, and a caller on the line, so you can get back to this. Harold from San Antonio. Harold, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hi, I'll try to do this in a minute uh my son's been married one one month and we were at his apartment the other day and they were discussing about hanging a picture and it's funny you y'all are discussing marriage and everything and i was thinking about my own self as being married i got you know i told harold i said harold i have 45 years experience he pulls me over to the side he goes dad i i can't wait that long i mean there's nothing disaster but <laughs> you know i need things you know things now 
And to be honest with you, even with us, it's like once you get, not to the end, but once you're right there at that 45, 50-year mark, you have to wait that long for the experience. And I know what to say. I'll let you all run because I know you're out of time. Thank you, Hill. I appreciate it. You know, one of the things, remember one of the fruits of the Spirit that Paula talked about earlier, Harold, is patience. And um, your son has to understand that if he's been married a month or 50 years, every day we have to exercise patience. The only way we can do that is in the presence of Jesus. That's the fruit of the Spirit. And so to say something like, I can't wait that long, uh, is demonstrably in contrast to that fruit of the spirit of patience. So that's the flesh speaking. And what he's got to do is identify the source. The source is flesh. So here's what you do. You're the one who chose her. You're the one who promised God that you'd stay with her and love her and cherish her. So put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. And and it's got to be too. Now I could go much longer on this, Harold, but we're inside one minute. But uh, I think that's this is a great teaching moment from a Christian dad to a Christian son saying, Look, this is where you've got to run to Jesus and be his ambassador in your home. That's Paula, right. the rest That's is right. up to you. That's right. um, remember when I met you, first time, neither one of us are Christian. This is the one for life. For life. You're my gift. And so that's how we're supposed to see each other. And so when the enemy comes along and says, mm, he ain't all that, I have to refute that and say, no, 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 this is the one for life. He's my gift. And Jesus loves him so much to have made me wait. For him to get saved. But no, he's the gift. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. You've been listening to the date day edition of the Word to Stand On for Life. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow on AM 630 KSLR. We'll see you then. God bless. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Bye bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, the Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.